Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 106 and Edmonton. Welcome back. Bob Stopper with you. Hope you're doing well. Brandon S. Scott as well. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Hugh Porter and the gang at Digitex. Big order fans, no question about it. Now with locations in uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, multiple locations in the province of Alberta, and BC, Digitex. All right, uh, you can reach us on a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, and text us at 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors, providing you winning results for over 35 years. Biggest goal in Canadian history. Paul Henderson in 72, Marilyn Mew in 87, or um, Sidney Crosby in 2010. Today is the 10th anniversary of that goal. Guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood Cooked right at your table, Edmonton, South Downtown, Northside, Short Park, and now open in West Edmonton Mall. A man who's written a significant book, Mostly, I believe, about the Canadian World Junior Program. Joins us right now, Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta who have a $145 million economic impact on Edmonton this past year. Here is Sportsnet Spec. Spec, your book, what's the name? Is it Road to Gold? Road to Gold, baby. The untold story of Canada at the World Junior Tournament. Yes, sir. Okay. There you go. It's kind of funny because there there was some junior goals, Bob. That like define an iconic goal. Is it a, is it a goal that if you if you kind of close your eyes, you can picture it, right? So when you talk about the World Juniors, like Jordan Everly has an iconic goal, Absolutely. right? That goal he scored in Ottawa. We can all close our eyes. Yep, and all picture that goal. I think maybe John Slaney's goal in '91. That probably that might make it up there. Uh, uh, that was yeah. the one in Saskatoon when all the guys' hair froze that year. 
Yeah, it was so, so, so cold there, and he scored that goal with about, I think it was about 345 or 445 left against the Russians. Did you ever, that did you ever have a mullet, by the way? Don't, the never guy, had a mullet. The guys that had the mullets, then they would shower after the games, and it was so cold that <laughs> it would freeze, and they had to cut chunks of their hair out. That's, that's, that's the story that I got told about that year in 91. Yeah, it was cold. Dougie Waite was at that tournament. He said he'd never been that cold in his life. They played games like in all these little small towns. Yeah. When you weren't when you weren't Canada, they sent you off to Yorkton and Melville and all those places. All those great said. places that support yeah, our great shows places. back. So, he said yeah. it was really cool. Like it was ice cold. It was a prairie. It was small town Canada hockey. He's a kid out of Michigan. He said, "I'll never forget it." But he said, "Holy moly, was it cold that year?" And it was. It was very, very, very cold. And about three or four years later, he's out snowmobiling with a bunch of boys in Edmonton. With there you the, go. A, a bunch of the guys did. So I, so I'm going to pose the question to you, Henderson in '72, because you and me are the, the same age. So Henderson in '72, Lemieux in '87, Crosby in 2010. Which one's the biggest? Uh, it's, to me, I'm afraid I agree with Elliot, and I think yourself. It's '72. Just because it was a, it was the first. B, it was it was two political systems squaring off. You know, it, they were so foreign to us. We didn't know what they were. We walked into that tournament with a smirk on our collective Canadian face, thinking, "This will be easy." Like, why are we playing them eight times? This, you know, we're going to be sick of beating the hell out of them after two or three times, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, and then about halfway through, they. They lost that game in Vancouver, and and uh, Phil Esposito had that you know coast to coast interview on CTV with Johnny Esau, where he lit up the Vancouver fans for booing them because we all yeah. know that, Van, yeah. that there is a frustration, but Vancouver's a market that'll get on you in a hurry, you know that. So uh, I mean, well, but it was coming. Like remember, they they won the first game, then they got. Smoked in game two. Then no, they, no, 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 no. They got they, smoked. They, so they lost the first game and won the second game. Right. Story. They got smoked 7 3 in the first game because That's Harlamov it. made them like undress them on, on two yeah. goals. They, well, they weren't ready to play. They weren't very good. They had no they idea how good shape. these guys were. Spent. They had no idea. Then they end up in Winnipeg, a game they got outplayed and they squeeze out a tie. And then they get to Vancouver and everyone's a little nervous. Yeah. And they lose that game. Now right. they're going home. They're going back to Russia and it didn't look like they were going to win. So. It wasn't just the Vancouver fans booing that day. It was a, you know, it was about the whole. We weren't happy with the way our boys were, you know, Canadians weren't happy with the way they were showing up, and and that that I don't know if you can find those clips, but that's one of the great Canadian hockey speeches right there that Espo gave. And, well, he led and that team got behind him, right? Like Orr couldn't play because he was hurt, and Hull couldn't play because he jumped to the WHA, and the CAHA got involved at that time and blocked him from yep. playing on the team. And those, you know, in in Bobby Hull's case, he was older at that stage, and and Orr was right in his prime, but hurt. Phil Esposito was the de facto leader of that hockey club, you know. Yeah. And he uh, he was terrific. And you know what else? I hate to say it, but the goaltending wasn't very good, right? Like Trechek no. was good for the Russians, and Dryden, he was great for the Russians. Dryden, Dryden was a, crappy for us. And Esposito. So, so yeah. for you, it's seventy-two. What about eighty-seven? 
Well, I mean, I remember, you know, I was in the grade two at Glenora School in grade in for the seventy two series. Yeah, I remember it exceptionally well. I was in at a friend's house uh, watching the eighty seven game. I believe I was over at a buddy named Ron McDonald's house watching that game, and I remember exactly where I was. Okay, wait a second. You, you, you have a friend, Ronald McDonald. Ronnie McDonald, yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. The hamburger club. <laughs> Not a sponsor of the show. Just and, uh, and I was sitting at the St. Albert Rugby Club watching Sid Crosby uh, score that goal uh, in 2010. So they're all giant, huge, massive goals. I think the, the Olympic gold has to, Bob, Crosby's goal has to come in second ahead of Lemieux. The Canada Cup was as great. I mean, that may be the best hockey ever played in a lot of ways. But what was the, you know, I guess the prize is the difference. Like the Canada Cup is not a, a prize that resonates like an uh, Olympic gold medal. Is that sure. fair? Yep, I think that's fair. Sure. I'm you with know, you, though. The hockey, I mean, it was interesting because the Russians were so skilled, and Canada was down 3 nothing in Game 3 of the 87 series at Cops Coliseum, and they just turned up the physicality. Yeah. And, I mean, well, they got away with... You know, <laughs> a lot of stuff. They ran the living snot out of the Russians. The rest. Well, of the listen. Way that. If you just back up that Lemieux goal, the part that that usually gets clipped out right. when you see the highlight is, is the hook. Is the Howard Chuck hook that sets the whole thing up? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a wicked hook at center ice. Yeah. I mean, a wicked hook. Yeah. But you know what? Those are the rules I played on by back uh, back then, and I'm not going to apologize for it, but. You know, the other thing that you have to remember, Bob, was I think that was the very last purely old-school Russian-style hockey team. In 1987, they played old-school Russian hockey with high, high skill. Uh, they delayed their zone entries sure. until there was five of them, and they knew they were going to carry it in. They, they had very minimal shots on goal, uh, and that all changed. Russian hockey's never been the same since, so... I think we said, you know, that five-man red, the the red unit or the green unit, whatever it was, um, that doesn't exist anymore. You can put Russian teams on the ice all you want. They don't play hockey like they used to anymore. All right. So, Mark, uh, has the United States supplanted Russia's Canada's chief rival in hockey? Yeah, they have because they're better, right? They're better. You know, I think we'd, if Sweden was better, they'd be our rival. If Finland was better, they'd be our rival. But in the end... Canada's, you know, if not the best, we're right there, uh, and we're looking for whoever the best opponent is, and the best opponent has become the USA. There's no doubt about it. All right, let's get to it. Uh, obviously, uh, we had you on uh, Tuesday's show. It was the day after the trade deadline. The Oilers got a point out of Anaheim. Didn't have a good first period. Played pretty well the rest of the way. Um, against Vegas, they had a great first period. You were there, but they couldn't sustain a tough goal against Verkoska. And, and then, in fairness, Vegas turned it up and dominated the next 25 to 28 minutes of that game, and, and the Oilers lose 3 nothing. Today at practice, Yamamoto on a line with back with Drysaddle and Nugent Hopkins. Athanasiu back, did not finish the game in Vegas, on a line with McDavid and Ennis. Uh, Zach Cassian's suspension's over. He's on the right side on a line with Sheehan and Archibald. Suddenly, the orders are getting a little bit healthier. Game time decision tomorrow, according to Dave Tippett, on uh, Yamamoto. Athanasiu will play, obviously. Cassian will play. Uh, Mike Green out, but Chris Russell game time decision on defense, obviously Benning. You take a look at, the, the funny thing about Matt Benning, take a look at the Oilers one loss record when he's in the lineup. It's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. He, well, so like, he's what, been there at times this year. He was their only plus player. Yeah. So, 
no, no. I mean, this is where you're starting to see an organization that's finally it's getting there, Bob. Yeah. They're getting it. They've had a lot of injuries, but they still managed to fill it with NHL players. I remember a time when they were calling, they were, they were icing four or five guys. So you'd look at it and go, that guy is an American League player, man. He is not an NHL player. And we're not saying that anymore. You know, they, you know, guys go out and the guys that play are players. And that's the difference because everyone's getting hurt. You know, and it's, I mean, who did the Jets call up? Did they call up that Seuss kid or. I don't know um, if they've done anything officially. We'll get Brendan Escott to check on that. I, I mean, think I, they called up line somebody from. CJ Suisse. Uh, yeah. I know that uh, Liney's traveling and Morrissey's tra- I mean, the Oilers don't have Clefbaum, but Josh Morrissey, given, you know, like they, they don't have Buffalo, right? Josh Morrissey's a heck of a defenseman. They and, have worse injury problems even than As bad as Edmonton is, Winnipeg's had it worse. So, and I want to say this, uh, Dave Tippett said last week, he said Clefbaum, he hoped to have him back early this coming week, right? So when I think of early this coming week, I think of, you know, maybe even Monday in Nashville. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see on that. Or Tuesday in Dallas. Worst case scenario, Chicago. Are you making that trip, by the way? Yeah, yeah, I'm, in, uh, I'm on that trip. So if you, you know, if, if all these guys that are supposed to play tonight are playing and you start to get Clefbaum back, now you got a hockey team again. Now you can play, you know. Now they're, they'll be fine here with, if they have Yamamoto playing as a really important player for them. Green, if, if Russell and Clefbaum are out are playing, Green can take his time, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, it's one eighteen. Mark, we're going to put you on hold here for six minutes or for uh, one minute, and then do a final six minutes again. Specs appearances brought to you every Tuesday and Friday. Uh, where did the button go? Hey, why is that button? Just hold on, Mark. I can't deselect. There you go. Uh, Mark's appearance is brought to you every Tuesday and Friday by the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, who $145 million in economic impact in Edmonton this year. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I'll tell you this. Uh, we're going to quickly go into uh, the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. There's a vote going on right now for the best member of the Eskimo secondary in the respective positions. No doubt the last 30 years, best safety, Trent Brown. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we'll do the Oilers. Uh, we'll tell you this. James Neal skated today. So did Kyler Yamamoto. So did Andreas Athanasio. Dave Tippett has stated that Athanasio will play. Yamamoto and Chris Russell, who both skated today, will be game time decisions. Neal uh, was on a fifth line with Granlund and Patrick Russell. Mike Green has been placed uh, three to four weeks. He's got a, uh, a lower body injury that's going to keep him out for the next uh, three to four weeks. To not see Oscar Clefbaum on the ice. Uh, he was out uh, two to three weeks with a shoulder issue. Did I get them all? Uh, Bomb and Russell. Oh, Nygaard uh, remains out. He was he's recovering from hand surgery. Winnipeg, they got a bunch of guys out. I, I neglected to mention uh, Perot, who's a very useful third-line player, out for them. Adam Lowry, who I've always personally liked, a big centerman, out. Uh, Line A took a shot off his foot last night. Game time decision. Morrissey, game time decision as well. Uh, Lucas Abisa is out. Obviously, Dustin Buffalo never reported. Uh, Mark Latestu had the uh, the heart issue that's kept him out all season. And Little has had, uh, I think it's it's concussion-like uh, related issues uh, that's kept him out as well. So there you go. That's your Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. 
Uh, I know this. I don't think Mark Spector's a Detroit Lions fan. Kevin Quinn is. He probably has a Sanders 20 jersey, and he's not making a political statement. We welcome back to the show, Mark Spector. Can you believe that, Spec? Is that not the craziest story out there? Yeah, it is. It is. It's... Um <laughs> I'll tell you what, the way we're cutting education here in Alberta, if we keep going, maybe we'll have 40% of the, our province thinking that you can't drink Corona beers right now, too. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a different time, isn't it? It's a different time. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. All righty. Uh, let's get back to the Edmonton Oilers, uh, and we'll focus on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle, both on different lines. First of all, can Connor McDavid reel in Leon Dreisettle for the scoring race? What's the number right now, Bob? Oh, you would ask me that on the well. Uh, Ninety-nine for dry sidle and what? Eighty-seven, I think. Uh, Eighty-seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. So yes, well, you got twenty games. Yep. No, no, oh, no. Yeah. Tw- Eighteen games. Eighteen games. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. McDavid can. He can. He can make up that difference. I mean, the the problem is a lot of the goals he gets, of course, dry sidles in on him, but. Um, on the power play, but not at even strength. Yeah. No. No. I think that it's going to be fun to watch. I think that. You know, I recall a couple of years ago, didn't didn't Stamkos Did that happen to us again? Did we just lose another line? Spec, you still there? Wow. Twice. Like, it just flat out dropped. All right. See if you can get him back, Brendan. We've lost Mark. Uh, by the way, 87 for McDavid, 99 for Dreisaitl. 99 for Dreisaitl, 87 for McDavid. The Oilers have 18 games left in the uh, regular season. They've played 64. Leon's got 37, 62, 99. And Connor McDavid's at 31, 56, 87. Back to Mark Spector. So, Spec, a 12-point difference in scoring between these two guys. Are they going to end up... Look, you're with the Professional Hockey... Is it Professional... Yeah, Professional Hockey Writers Association. You guys Mm -hmm. vote on the MVP. Mm Mm-hmm. Are we going to have two guys taking votes away from one another? Do you think between dry? Well, I don't see why you would. Like, I don't. I don't. It's not like an all. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example. Why would you care what team two guys play for if they're one, two, and all star voting? They're one, two, and all star voting. Yeah. Um, I guess you know. What I about MVP? Think... Like, do you do you think there'll be two of the three finalists? Because I don't. For Hart Trophy. For for Hart, yes. For the Hart Trophy, well, certainly. Um, I mean, if they finish one, two in scoring, uh, oh, jeez, I can't. I don't know why they wouldn't be. I mean, on, if, if Drysaddle's been leading the league in scoring a long time, he certainly deserves a nod at heart. He's doing it off of McDavid's line, and McDavid coming back from the injury that he had, I think there should be a little love there. I mean, first of all, he should win the Masterton for what that's worth. But I can't see why they both wouldn't be up for Hartwood's. I mean, who's going to challenge? Who's who's the fourth guy that's going to knock one of them out, Bob? Um, I, I mean, I don't even know who the third guy is going to. Right, just just up to up to date right now. Dry settles at ninety nine. Pasternak got two points last night. He's at ninety, but he's played one more game than uh, Leon. Uh, Panarin and Connor are next at eighty seven. McKinnon's at eighty five. I think he's got a couple games in hand. He's only played six. They still have twenty games left. Colorado. Uh, so, bottom line here is it is well, entirely possible that Connor McDavid finishes second. I don't, I don't know if he can make up 12 points in the final 18 games, but I it is don't. entirely possible that McDavid and Drysaddle or Drysaddle and McDavid are one to an NHL scoring at the end of the year. And and the the issue, the thing that becomes it's just an issue is that both Panarin 
and Pasternak are playing for large market Eastern-based teams. Now, listeners need to know that, you know, and you can look back and do the math, there is no Eastern bias in the awards voting. We've, we've pretty much fixed that in the last 10 years. But, you know, when there's a guy like Panarin, a lot of people see him up and down that Eastern seaboard, and a guy like Pasternak, who's been a very, very, very good player this year for a, a high-profile Bruins team, uh, they just command attention. That's all there is to it, even yeah. from Western voters. So it may be hard to get two Oilers into the top three for the heart. That's fair, Bob. You want my rationale on this, Mark? Sure. So, peop- so voters in the East work their, work their games, and then they got to work and write after their games, whereas voters in the West watch the games from out East and then go and do their games and then write their games uh, you know, from the West after. So the Eastern games get viewed more than the Western games, and that's, the yeah, they do. that's they all do. there is to it. So that's no, part of the byproduct do. of it. All right, Mark, uh, we'll see you down there. It uh, should be a, uh, a fun night tomorrow night when the Oilers take the Jets on. I think so. The Jets are, I give the Jets credit. They've had worse injuries than the Oilers for a long time here. And they've hung and they're hanging in. They're hanging in, man. Absolutely. Give them credit. It'll be a fun one tomorrow. All right, that's Mark Spector again. Mark Spector's appearance is brought to you by the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, who uh, make close to $150 million a year economic impact in Edmonton. It is $129. Uh, I will tell you, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin, so make sure you go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. They're an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They're blowing out their 2019 F-150s. We're talking up to 20 k off select models. Give Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin a call. 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We'll open up the phone lines of River Creek Resort Casino Hotline 780-496-0063. Biggest goal in Canadian history. Henderson in 72. Lemieux in 87. Crosby in 2010. We can hit on the Oilers as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.